You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Double tackle. What's up, gang? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You, you can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay. Should be a light crowd because we're squeezing this one in early in the afternoon, or I should say late in the afternoon. You know, normally we go live around 7 p.m. Central Time, uh, have some festivities we got to get to this evening, basically surprising the mother-in-law with a, uh, a birthday dinner. So uh, just trying to uh, stay 50, 60, at least 65% on her good side. 65%. 65%. So we'll uh, we'll hammer that out tonight and, uh, and get that taken care of. But um, first of all, how was everybody's days? Jacob, how was yours, man? It was good. Productive. Got a lot done. Dogs drugged up again, so trying to, hey. dude. I don't know. I, I can't let the dog scratch his ear or like oh. rub it on the carpet or do anything. So basically, it, they made me drug him up, and now he just sits around like staring at the wall. <laughs> no doubt. We got Boz in the chat. Says no worries. I'll just keep pretending to work here. There you go, man. Just look, look extremely focused, staring at the screen, Boz. That's how it works, man. Tim, how was your day, buddy? Productive, just like Jacobs, man. Got some uh, some work done today around the around the yard, man. There you go. Leaves are falling, the wind's blowing. I think I got one last uh, grass cut in today, so yeah. we'll see. Such Maybe a not time. though. Maybe yeah. not. You know, it's Wisconsin. <laughs> we could get 30s, and then we could have like 85 degrees. So who knows? Yeah, do we? You know, I run a landscaping business too. That's one of my businesses, and if we get people, you know, some people they stop mowing in October. You know, they don't care what their yard looks like. We got others that stop. Tip the majority stop in November, but we've had people in December call us and be like, hey, <laughs> my yard needs knocked down. I was like, what? December? Uh, anyway, <laughs> snow flying out there. We're mowing grass, but you know how it is. Um, all right, let's do this game. I wanted to kind of hit on a few different things just to lay the, lay the show out for everybody. Um, Mike Wall had a few comments on some of the run blocking uh, schemes and and, uh, and and even pass blocking, too. There's a couple quick videos that he put on Twitter. I want to share the screen and let you guys hear his take on it. It's not about seeing the visual. We're going to do a Chalk Talk episode. It's more or less I want you guys to hear his opinion on how they attacked 
this game plan against the Raiders. Okay, so we'll have a couple of those. We're going to talk about a little bit about Rashawn Gary and how he's dominating in the limited time that he has right now. And then, of course, we're going to get to uh, a segment I'm going to kind of refer to as what is our core roster? What does our core roster look like now? A quarter of the way through the season, right? And uh, actually a little more than a quarter away, I should say. But what what is the core of the roster looking like? Do we have the answers already on the roster for the core? And by core, I mean quarterback, left tackle, uh, edge defender, defensive tackle, uh, middle linebacker, free safety, and center. Those are the most important positions with the, uh, the latter three being in tier two. So um, we'll kind of talk about what we've got on the roster right now. And, uh, and maybe how we want to approach that going into the offseason. So got a little bit of downtime right now. Almost got chalk talk ready, um, but thought, hey, let's 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 kind of project into the future a little bit while we're on this bye week. So, all right, let's jump right into it. I'm going to share the screen here. I want you guys to hear what Mike Wall said. Now, I, know, I know you guys heard me talking about how um, I just absolutely hated how the tight ends were were asked to uh, to sift against, uh, you know, running split flow. Uh, some people call it split zone. Some people call it just flow. Um, he refers to it as split flow. I'm always going to uh, choose Mike Wall's terminology because obviously the guy played in the league for so long. But when you run split flow, in my opinion, it, it should be from under center because you're giving your running back a full head of steam, right? And when you try to run it out of gun or out of pistol, you know, the the running back has to start, stop, start again, right? And and you're sometimes you just get caught up in the wash. And what they asked these young tight ends to do on Monday night was just, it was absurd. And it goes hand in hand with what we talked about, about quote unquote, simplifying the offense. Right. But um, here's what Mike Wall had to say. Here's the first video. His tweet said tough when teams put players in positions they will not succeed in. Packers left their rookies out in the cold against arguably the best in the business. Um, on my block has the full breakdown. You can find that at YouTube. Make sure you check out the whole video. His stuff is absolutely phenomenal. But let's hear what Mike Wall says about this. I've always said, if you can't dance, don't come to the party. So if you've got tight ends, rookie tight ends, to try to block a potential defensive player of the year, if that's your plan, I think your plan sucks. I don't know if that was their plan, but if, if your plan is to say, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, I want you to block the defensive potential defensive player. In my opinion, that one of the toughest guys to block in the National Football League. I don't think that's a great plan. Okay. I'm not saying you're not going to block him. I'm saying you're not going to block him very often. This guy was an absolute nightmare all night. It wasn't just in the past game. I think he had one sack, four tackles for loss. I don't know how many pressures, but just when you talk about a disruptive player, this is some next level stuff here. And you can just tell he's watching film, man. <laughs> I've always said so that was the first clip let's bounce back now I'm going to show you the second clip real quick um, this one right here bothered me just as much okay but here's Mike Wall again in this tweet he said Packers have have some work to do on my block out with a complete game breakdown including the reason you can't block a defensive player of the year candidate with rookie tight ends as a game plan here we go this plays on tape already guys right 85, if you're hipped off, if you're back off the line of scrimmage, if you're back off the tackle, there's only one reason. What he's talking about there is why off. As you can see, he's got the tight end circled. The tight end, anytime you play off, and it's funny, my nephew in high school football, this is his position. He 90% of the time he plays why off. Guess what he does when it's not a passing play? He sifts, right? So what Mike's saying is this is on tape. They know this. You're not fooling anybody with this. 
that you're there because you're split flow. You're going back. You think that guy's not watching tape? What's he going to do? He's going for it. Tightens down. Knows that Zach Tom's going away. Zach Tom's probably not looking at him. Probably a tip there. Definitely a tip on the backside. And it's Gonzo. They think that if they bring the back in motion, that's going to tip everybody off. But look, I mean, 31's not in a position where he's going to run the football from there unless it's a quick toss. Like, nobody lines up over the ass cheek of the, of the tackle to receive an inside zone play. That's just not how. It's like there's so many tips there, guys. And, and I know it's hard to see. I don't want to get hit with a copyright strike where it's actual NFL film. But what he's talking about there is what running play, other than a quick toss, are you going to run to Emmanuel Wilson when you got him over the butt cheek of the of the left tackle? He's too far out. So any any defense with two brain cells rubbed together looks at that and goes, okay, well, he's not getting the ball on an inside zone, right? So now you put the other guy in motion. You see Zach Tom already kind of looking upfield, tipping it off a bit. Now Max is just going to tighten up, shoot the mesh point, right? Um, they did that a couple of times. They did it once with Christian Watson too. They, for whatever reason, he's obsessed with this pony package, which you guys know going into last year, I was as excited about excited as anyone about the double sidecar pony package. And it flopped completely. Halfway through the year, I said, abort mission, abort mission. This just isn't working, right? It's not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I was wrong. Um, so anyway, uh, it's just, it's still not working, but – Jacob, what do you think about that and and, and kind of, I mean, just a thought of, hey, look, left tackle, don't worry about blocking Max Crosby, okay? We're going to let our two rookie tight ends do that. Coming across the formation, like, it just it seems insane, right? Yeah, and it's in addition to, uh, I, again, I watched the back end when I started the episode yesterday. I would watched the first half of the Matt LaFleur interview. I watched the back end of it, and – there is a chat like right here. The angry casual fan says Matt LaFleur had basically I think he meant, admitted that he, he can't game plan well many times over the years. I remember admitting admitting this as far back to the Packers Chiefs game. Um, he didn't necessarily say that, but he did admit that, <clears throat> again, he's asking the guys to do too much and that he needs to, again, simplify things. But he talked about other things like not <clears> – <throat> him in positions to do the right thing well <clears throat> as i'm listening to mike talk about that it seems as though we're so easily di easily diagnosed that you guys are giving off little cues here like you talked about just the, the alignment and the way that the that the guys are positioned pre-snap if a guy like he says you know the potential defensive player of the year which i completely you know agree with crosby's a freak if he can look at that right away and be like oh well, they're definitely not going to do a run and if it is it's a toss so i know where it's going and if it's not then it basically it has this and this and this option i mean we're not putting our quarterback in a very great position there so we just look either we're so vanilla that they can read what we're going to do pre-snap or we're so off the wall that the play is just kind of like <laughs> like <clears throat> it doesn't make any sense it was i think it's i think it's both i think you're absolutely right it could be a little bit of both like they're just looking like, oh, we know what they're running. And then they're like, and they're not going to run it correctly. So let's blow it up. You know, yeah. like I, I love Mike Wall's quote there, too. If you can't dance, don't come to the party. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's so true, man. It's it's simple. It's, it, it is a very simple game. And sometimes you make it way too complex. And, you know, going into this season with the young tight ends, everybody's like, well, there's going to be growing pains. Why in the world would you put them in that position? It just makes no sense. Like, I, you guys have heard me talk about sift blocks, 
over and over and over. You've heard me talk about how Tyler Davis was good at it, right? I mean, he was – I don't want to say he's good at it, but it was the only thing I've seen he was good at. I'll just put it that way. He was better at that than everything else. Um, but when you're talking about a double sift on a on a freaking – like he said, a, a defensive player of the year candidate? Come on, dude. It's twice as bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Boz said in the chat, agreed. What's the definition of insanity again? Yeah. And, you know, it's – I'm not here to roast Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur is a good coach. I believe he is. Um, I think he may be the coach of the future. Uh, I want to believe in it. But, I mean, enough's enough of this, you know, just pulling guards and and and, and th- th- there's a play later. I'm going to break it down on Chalk Talk when we do that episode. Well, we run a sift, and I'm not—I'm not kidding, guys. We run a what what appeared to be like an inside zone run, and Deguara sifted right, and they had a plus—they had three defenders over the tackle essentially. So you had the tackle and the tight end, right? And you had three defenders over him, and you sift Deguara over. So now you've got three defenders over one tackle, and then they run behind the tackle. And I'm like. Uh, and and Deguara sifts all the way over and then leaks out the other side and he goes up to the second level like he's trying to block. So I'm going, was he expecting him to run right? Was he was, – if, if that was planned, I don't like that plan. Was, <laughs> that, a, was that a play that uh, Jay Love didn't can out of or didn't can to the correct – like, it, you know what I mean? Bad pre-snap read? It could have been – that's the only thing that could have explained it. it like, like I said, if the plan was – Let's sift Aguara over and leave them in a plus two hat count. I don't like that plan. Yeah. Let's hope there was some kind of miscommunication there for sure. It's like um, Mike Wall said too. Like a lot of this motion too, even pre-snap. Like nobody's nobody's believing this. You know, it's like there was that one we had to, to Taylor where where Jordan Love motioned him into protection, or it looked what looked like pass protection, and then we we handed the ball off to him inexplicably and he ran into again three defenders over over zach tom on the right side so like i don't i don't know man (laughs) i hope to god you're right i hope this is not the plan i hope it's just a communication thing and there were some missed checks but yeah it's tough man it's a tough look um and you know we we've uncovered a lot of details on on what happened in the game um you know when you go back and watch it's why i try not to comment details um, in the post game show because I haven't watched the tape yet, and so many times I think I see something on the field, and I go back and watch it. And go, you knucklehead, you had that completely wrong, right? Like there was one play specifically where a pass was thrown on the boundary, and there were two receivers there in the same spot, and I'm going, what? Okay, somebody blew a coverage, and then I went back and watched it, and it was actually set up to be a swing pass with a lead blocker. And that's why – but Love was so late getting the ball to the swing that by that time the swing had met the blocker. And, honestly, he was illegally blocking downfield is kind of the way i seen it. But Love, for whatever reason, didn't take that that check down immediately. Um, there were other occasions, too, where I felt like, uh, you know, watching the game initially, uh, the, one of the Christian Watson deep passes, it was just like, come on, Love, you can't throw that ball. And then I went back and watched I'm like, that was actually a dime, and, and, and Christian probably should have brought that one in. You guys probably know what I'm talking about down the scene. Down the, down the middle, yep. Just Hit a couple right of, on the hand, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and just a couple of examples, right, of how when you watch the game live, you think you see something totally different. But uh, um, another play was a third and short play where Musgrave ran the wrong route. They, they're getting, they were playing half, essentially. Um, there's three different types uh, of, uh, of ways of 
of running a West Coast offense, and I won't go into the difference between pure pure progression and and breaking down half the field and all that. But essentially, one of the ways is reading half half, right? You you basically you got a route combination on one half of the field, you got a route combination on the other half of the field. Whatever defense they typically like to run, if they're in a cover three, this side of the field would be a cover three beater. If they in cover two, this side of the field would be a cover two beater, or maybe it might be a man coverage beater and a cover two beater, depending on what the defense's tendencies are. Um, well, they were running a cover two beater, and it was supposed to be a sit, right? Musgrave was supposed to sit, and then you were going to have Christian Watson on and out on the other side. And the reason it's a cover two beater, you run that sit just, a, a, just outside the hash, that pulls in the underneath defender on a cover two, right? And they read the defense right. It was cover two, but Musgrave ran an out route instead of a sit. That's when you've seen uh, Matt LaFleur chewing him out on the sideline. So it's not all LaFleur's fault, right? There's a lot of young mistakes being made. Um, but again, it's just, uh, it's why it's good to go back and, and watch the tape. And I know people cringe when you hear, oh, they're going to watch the tape. A bunch of people think that. I would much rather hear someone say, I, I went back, I went and watched it again, and here's what I picked up rather than I refuse to watch it, you know. So it's all about learning. Um, let's do this. Let's kind of shift gears here. Let's talk about Rashawn Gary a little bit, man. Um, you know, I'm really excited for him to get back into the normal workload because this dude's absolutely dominating when it comes to rushing the passer. Um, obviously, struggled a little bit in the run game, but um, still a solid run defender as well. Rashawn Gary, arguably the best player on this roster. Uh, you know, really, when when you when you break it down, uh, Rasul Douglas playing outside of his mom. We talked about that yesterday with the PFF grades. But check out this win uh, this win rate right here, Jacob. Um, this is across the entire National Football League. I think it was Sam Monson that shared this on Twitter, so it obviously came from PFF. This is pass rush win percentage. Miles Garrett first at a thirty two percent pass rush win rate. Number two. Rashawn Gary at a 28.9, tied with Nick Bosa of the 49ers. Now, obviously, Nick Bosa has a lot more snaps than Rashawn Gary. That's why you're seeing more results there in San Francisco as opposed to Green Bay. Um, you wonder why uh, wonder why the Cowboys are so good this year. Look at Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. What I want to see um, here in, in the next year or two, Jacob, is I want to see Lucas Van Ness and Rashawn Gary on that top 10 list together, right? That's when you're going to really get into a good, solid defense when you got two great uh, pass rushers like that on the same defense. But uh, what do you think of Rashawn Gary, man, cranking it up 28.9, bro? That's that's pretty impressive when you're right there with Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett, right? Yeah, I mean, the guy's year in and year out basically since he's gotten considerable playing time, probably the most underrated pass rusher in the league. And um, just imagine, like you said, what he can do once he gets like – anywhere i'm I'm just i want to see him doing like 50 plus snaps and just see what he can get because i mean some of these some of those performances he's doing that off of 15 snaps what was one of them like 12 one game or something like that right right. so i mean look out because this guy is going to be a beast and who knows maybe in certain ways this is benefiting him keeping him on a snap count i just don't think so there was way too many times during this game i looked up and the first thing i do on defense now just it's a habit. I look for where's where's Rashawn. Right. So many times I looked up and I'm like, oh, okay, he's not on the field. All right. Yeah. Same thing happens to me, man. Yeah. Same exact yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So I get excited to see Lucas Van Ness. And I thought Lucas Van Ness played pretty solid. There was one time he sniffed out a screen pass, I believe it was, and just absolutely annihilated the running back. It was a great play, great hustle play. But Tim, as far as Rashawn Gary, man, being in that top 10 list there, uh, my man, he we got to get him a contract, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yesterday, we should have done it. Um, 
And Jacob's absolutely right. Once again, once once this guy is uh, completely turned loose, I can't wait to see the numbers um, to think of what he's doing now with limited reps. And I think some of it goes, you know, to the fact that maybe, you know, we are we're confident in our edge edge group. You know, there's there's some depth there, uh, veteran and and youth at at edge. So um, I think that might explain why we're five games in and he's still kind of progressing towards, you know, maybe we finally take the handcuffs off and just let him go. But I'm with Jacob, man, 40, 50 snaps. Let's let's get a good smattering of uh, Bane Gary and uh, watch watch the uh, pass rush win rate. As I try not to get tongue tied, oh, <laughs> pass rush win rate time. numbers go up uh, the more we get a pass rush. So, uh, um, yeah, man, Gary's a beast. We all know this. Um, even the people that were, you know, angry when we drafted him, even they know this at this point that uh, he is the truth. And uh, can't wait to see him at full speed, full reps. Yeah, definitely. And I think that will help you know, the defense overall too. I think right now they, they've got a little bit of that in, instability, right? Um, where you've got Rashawn kind of rotating in and out and they, and they still, they have like a 35% uh, rotation rate, even if everybody's healthy. Right. So it's not, it's not like you're going to see Rashawn Gary hundred percent of the snaps, you know, we never have never will. Um, but getting him in there for those 60 snaps, right? Like some of those guys were getting, I mean, my goodness, oh, it would be absolutely awesome. So, um, all right, let's do this. Let's kind of talk about, the core of this roster. Um, this came to me earlier today. I was thinking, what can we talk about today? You know, it's kind of slow. Well, we, we've been talking a little bit about how is this team grading out in the first quarter, right? And what I thought we would do is dive in specifically into the most important positions on the roster. Because, I mean, I think we would all agree. I know people don't like to hear rebuilding. I know they don't like to hear that, which, by the way, those people – They've kind of went silent now, right? When we talk, talk about rebuilding, everybody was getting mad. This ain't a rebuild. Okay, gotcha. Um, we got $40 million, you know, in cap penalty for one player. Kind of feels like a rebuild year. Um, reset, rebuild, reload, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think the roster is a strong roster. And I think you'll you'll notice that when you when you look at just how close these games have been. Like we said, it, they could be five and one right now, right? Or four and one right now. That's that's very possible. They could also be one and four. Um, so it kind of shows you they can compete. It's just making those uh, those mistakes and in, in some of the most inopportune times is the reason their their uh, their record is the way it is. But when we look at the core roster here, I've got access to PFF grades here, so you guys fire away if you have any questions. Let's talk about the most important position. And I was listening to Ryan's pod earlier today and listening to Packernet after dark, and I just want to say, man, kudos to the callers because I you know people. I think they're being very realistic when it comes to love. You know, there, there are some that are completely off the love train and I can respect that. I respectfully disagree, but you know, I can respect that. I feel like we still need to see more, right? If you, if this season goes like this throughout the entirety of the season, yeah, I can see me agreeing with them. Right. Um, because it's not been good. And just statistically speaking from a PFF standpoint, right. Where does Jordan love grade out? throughout the entire National Football League. Overall offensive grade out of uh, what we have here is 33 quarterbacks, okay? Out of 33 quarterbacks, Jordan Love grades out in the 24th spot at 64.6, okay? Now, if you adjusted it to just pass grade, um, he is still – it's still showing him uh, – actually, he, he dropped lower. It doesn't show me the exact number, but he did dip a few spots because, like I said, his overall offensive grade is 64.6, 
His passing grade is 61.0. So, so far, not good. Obviously started off the season uh, much stronger there when he was sitting at, what, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Now that's starting. You're starting to see the interceptions pile up. I think we're at eight and six now. But when it comes to Jordan Love, obviously you got Sean Clifford on the roster as well. Um, I'm not one of these people saying we need to go to Sean Clifford. What I am saying is you get three quarters of the way through the season. If things aren't working out, if the, if we if we continue to regress, if we don't even stabilize what we're doing now, because no one can argue he has regressed in the last couple of weeks. You get to that point, you might take a look at Sean Clifford at some point. Um, I think you stay with love as long as possible and get the largest sample size possible and and what we want to do is come away this season going, is he the guy, right? Is he the guy? Not a, he might be the guy. Well, maybe he'll develop into the guy. Well, he's better than this many. No, is he the guy? Is he a franchise quarterback? If the answer is no, then you've got to go find that answer while he's still on the roster, right? Um, and, you know, the same thing applies with Sean Clifford. You know, people, I, I do giggle a little bit. When people try to say, no, Sean Clifford's Brett Favre 2.0 and they need to put him in over Jordan Love, I kind of giggle a little bit. But part of me is also like, are we that arrogant as a football team that we're not even allowed to think about a backup possibly being better than a starter? That stuff kind of bothers me. And I don't like that whole mindset of, no, this is the starter and that's just the way it is, right? Um, and, you know, especially since the Brock Purdy <laughs> arrival, right? I mean, that yep. Did I understand correctly? Have you guys heard he hasn't even thrown an interception yet this year? Is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still perfect. That is crazy. Let's see where he's at, he's at PFF-wise. I didn't even look at that. Let me adjust that real quick. Yeah, he's eighth right now at 78.4, so top 10 quarterback, and he was the last pick in the draft. And just to read these off, number one, Jerry Goff. Number two, Lamar Jackson. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Patrick Mahomes. Number five, Trevor Lawrence. Number six, Tua Tungabailoa. Number seven, Matthew Stafford. Number eight, Brock Purdy. Number nine, Geno Smith. And number 10, Kirk Cousins. Okay, so when you look at the players that are, uh, you know, rated 85 and above, starting in the 85 spot, working our way back, you got Trevor Lawrence, obviously a top pick in the draft. Patrick Mahomes uh, should have been a top pick in the draft, but fell to somewhere around the top 10, I believe, if I remember correctly, 10 or 12, something like that. Josh Allen, one of the top picks in the draft. Lamar Jackson fell. Um, and then you got Jared Goff, who was one of the top picks in the draft. So, just kind of a, a good reminder there that if you, and even uh, Tua coming in six there at 84.0, very high draft pick. The reason I say that is if you want one of those caliber guys, you're probably going to have to take them in the top five, top 10. I mean, that I, I don't want it to be that way. I'd love to find one later. I'd love to find a Brock Purdy, but we know the chances of that go down tremendously. So, with that being said, Jacob, quarterback position, Jordan Love, Sean Clifford. I've got question marks by both of them. I don't think. I don't think we're convinced at all that, hey, one of these two guys are the quarterback of the future. Do you agree with that, or do you think Jordan Love has a, a lot more promise than maybe I'm giving him credit for? I mean, I, I think there's a giant question mark next to Clifford for sure, smaller question mark next to Love, and that only means that we kind of seen what we need to see from him, and that's not a good thing in my opinion. So, um, yeah, a quarter through the season. At this point, if you were to tell me, pick what we're going to do. We're going to move on or we're going to, you know, put more, put more investment into love at this point. I'd say move on, give Clifford, I'd say draft another quarterback. Like you said, high, as high as we can, or with as much value as we can. Mm -hmm. give Sean Clifford, three games, say, show us what you got, Cliff. 
and after those three games, then we move on to the quarterback of the future. Mm-hmm. It sounds harsh, maybe, and a little bit too excessive, but at this point, like I'm just I'm ready to churn and burn. Like to me, Love is he's not like a, a rookie quarterback where yeah. you know what I mean. He's he's a fourth year guy basically. That's the tough part because it's like it's the right. worst of both worlds, right, Jacob? Like you you can't say he's a rookie. There's growing pains, right? But you also can't say well he started a lot of games. So you know it's just uh, it's tough. And and we all talked about you know the best time to draft the quarterbacks when you don't need one, and I still believe that, but. Um, we talk about the positives of having him, you know, Tim having him sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, I think we're seeing the negative too. Like you can't right. just give him that pass and say, "Oh, well, he's a first-year starter." No, he's been around long enough, right? right. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, what do you uh, what do you think, Tim, when it comes to those two quarterbacks? Are are you willing to say Love is the guy yet, or do you think there's a question marks? I, I feel like I can't say unequivocally that he's the guy, but I can also not say that he's not um you know you kind of touched on this at the beginning of your point i mean we're a quarter of the way through the season we're trying to leave this season knowing is jay money really jay money is he that guy and a quarter of the way through i'm not ready to give up on him yet um and i think you know what you said holds a lot of weight you know he's not a rookie Um, But he is a first year starter. We talked about this in the preseason, you know, consistently week in, week out. We have not really seen consistency from not only him, but the team as a whole, really, with the exception of a few other players. Um, But I think that, uh, you know, Clifford, it's not wrong to see a little bit of Brett in Sean Clifford. Um, And it's not wrong to think that you want to give a guy like that some reps as soon as possible if the wheels start falling off this year. Um, But I think we need a few more games from Jordan Love. However, uh, yeah, this season would be it. I mean, you know, if if we, you know, dump, we're talking five wins, six wins, something like that. we got a lot of question marks and it is time to to make a move in the draft, especially in a a draft heavy draft. or excuse me, quarterback heavy draft coming up this year. We have to think about that, uh, regardless of what round, what pick, what we have to do. Um, but I would, I would lean towards seeing uh, Clifford sooner than later uh, in live game action, even if it is the last two or three games of the year that kind of don't mean anything. It means a lot to a rookie quarterback uh, trying to get those uh, NFL level reps. So I don't know. It could go either way at this point. I, I still believe in Jordan Love. Um, I think he's just putting it all together. Aaron Rodgers made some comments on uh, Pat McAfee yeah, the other day, alluding, uh, alluding to this. So now, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead, just like you said before, you're going to defer to Mike Wall when it comes to terminology. And I'm going to go ahead and lean with Aaron Rodgers when he's grading a quarterback objectively. Yeah. I mean, so uh, I don't think it's time to panic, but it is time to like, you know, keep the options open and and look forward. But, you know, we've got a lot of football left. You know, this oh, team yeah. could go on a run and we might be having a different conversation here in a month. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed, guys. And you got 12 games left and you got yeah. a, week, a week stretch of that schedule coming up, which I think we would all agree that we thought the Raiders were a part of that week stretch. So <laughs> there goes that out the window. But yeah, man, 12 games. I mean, what if they what if they do come out and win, you know, seven, seven of those 12, right? I mean, that if you win seven of those 12, and and Jordan, let's say, comes out and he has 25 touchdowns and he finishes with 15 interceptions. 
I, I think I think that's okay. I think all right. I feel comfortable moving forward. But you you continue to have three interception days, um, man. It's gonna get it's gonna get loud real quick. But yeah. So let's go to the chat here real quick. Um, Steve is real. Yeah. Um, said <laughs> I like Clifford's uh, gunslinger attitude. Yeah, love had that too. But there's something about Clifford uh, that is different. What do you all think? Um, you know. There, I do I understand what you're saying, and I kind of seen it too, but it was preseason, right? You know, and Jordan Love looked great in the preseason too. I think we'd all agree with that, right? We were kind of like, hey, all right, you know, and even in the first couple of weeks when we played some really bad teams. So you got to be careful with that. But um, again, I, I just don't understand the whole attitude that we're not allowed to like the backup quarterback, you know. And I know fan bases sometimes go crazy and they immediately start calling for the backup. We're not calling for the backup, right? And, you know, it's like Freddie here. And I don't know if you're talking to someone in the chat or you're talking to us, Freddie, but he said, how can y'all really count out love week six? That's ridiculous. Nobody's counting them out. Tim oh. didn't count them out. Jacob didn't count them out. I didn't count them out. So maybe you're talking to someone in the chat. I don't know. But uh, Steve is real said, I'm not counting out love. Uh, not until Christian Watson breaks all Jerry Rice's records. <laughs> Sorry, Jacob. But still Clifford has a certain attitude about him. He does. And I'll tell you what that attitude is and what you're seeing, Steve. He's played a ton more football than Jordan Love has. People don't realize this. He's four months older than Jordan Love, and he has a ton of more experience at the college football level, right? Um, so he he's probably a more polished quarterback than Jordan Love. It's just Jordan Love has all of those first-round traits, right? The, the, the arm strength, which I'll be honest, I haven't quite seen that yet. Um, he's got accuracy issues, but we've seen him – throw some freaking dimes off platform, you know, that sidearm throw to Musgrave where he dropped that throwing, uh, you know, throwing mechanic down that, that launch point down a bit and completed that pass. Or sometimes I go, all right, here we go. But it's just the consistency, right? And that's exactly what Greg Cosell said about Jordan Love. It's exactly what he said. He said, he's got all the traits. He's got to work on the accuracy. This was before the season. He said, the question is, how is he going to respond when he has a bad game? Is he going to be the same exact person week in and week out and put in the work and develop and, and learn from his mistakes and, um, you know, move forward in that, in that, in that, you know, in that way. Um, so that's what it's going to come down to. And that's what's so cool is like coming out of this buy, you should get the best version of Jordan Love coming out of this buy. You yep. should. Right. Um, let's see here. Freddie in the chat said the line is garbage, poor play calling, no run game. Like come on the team around love. Isn't good at all. Um, I got to disagree with you there, man. Um, when I when I looked at that offensive line play, the offensive line play wasn't bad against the Raiders. They weren't. Um, now, two tight ends, the play calling, completely agree. The two yeah. tight ends trying to block Max Crosby, that's an issue. And maybe that's what you're referring to. If so, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see here. You also said Clifford could throw so many picks in live games. Look at his last preseason game. Well, until he plays, we don't know that. Again, it's preseason, right? Um there was also some plays where he put that team on his back too and scrambling, making plays across the middle, standing in the pocket. Um, again, I don't think Clifford's the answer. Nobody's saying that. Yeah. Um, I'm simply saying if Jordan Love continues to throw three interceptions in a game, um, I'm sorry, man. Like there, I heard people, and this is the part that bothers me. If you see it, you got to say it. That's our motto on here, right? It's Greg Cosell 101. If you see people on Twitter, when you see people on Twitter defending Jordan Love, when he runs a play-action pass and tries to hammer a dig into triple coverage and throws the ball right to the middle linebacker, you're not going to convince me that that was somebody else's fault. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Save your breath, 
right? And I'm not saying you're doing that, Freddie, but there were many people trying to do that. And I'm going, I don't know what your all's obsession with players are um, or your lack of obsession or hate toward a player. Um, you know, like it, it, I, there's a soundbite. I, I, I've had one guy that keeps coming at me, and I'm going to play the soundbite on the show one day because he's claiming that that I didn't say this about Aaron Rodgers last year, right? Where I was defending Aaron Rodgers. I didn't hear you saying anything, but I listen to the pod all the time. I'm I'm like dig into the vault because there's one episode I did. It was called "You Want to Talk." About, this was the title. You want to talk Aaron Rodgers? Let's talk Aaron Rodgers. And I pointed out all the things that were wrong with this offense. Um, so. Yeah, let's see here. We got Andy A. Pack in the house. What's up, buddy? Good to see you in here, man. He said, it's really disappointing that love has looked worse each of the last few weeks. I do think it's early, though you guys are right on there. Yeah, that's the part that's so discouraging. Like Ryan was pointing out on his pod, um, you know, it, it's it's different if you start like the way he played in that Raiders game. If you start like that week one and then you progress up to the way he played in week one, we'd be like, okay, we're, we're start, it's starting to click. It has got progressively worse each each week you know um so uh all right let's see here united Bates said did y'all see kurt ben kurt's comments on matt lafleur on x did you guys see that did you see yeah it? yeah it was quite a lengthy thread um i think a lot of people were were in the twitter verse trying to speak for kurt ben kurt which is probably what prompted him to just go ahead and address the whole him and matt lafleur butting heads kind of scenario and uh i think if you guys check it out I don't want to paraphrase what he said, but it's very, very accurate, I think. And uh, I don't think he's throwing anyone under the bus at all, honestly. No, if you watch, dude, like he doesn't he doesn't give up the information just willy nilly. They they're like he he literally he's like, oh, no, like I'm going to get in trouble now. (laughs) Never sign him with him again. (laughs) He basically kind of like really tries to not go into it and they. The, whoever the kid interviewing him is they, they really do pepper him and he's like well all right and you can tell and then he you can tell he kind of did want to get it off his chest though for sure um and banker's the type i still like Kirk a lot you can tell though he's a no drama kind of guy but he's also the type of guy that's he's playing chess not checkers yep. he's a smart guy and he knows how to work the media he knows how to work social media especially like younger groups like twitch and all that kind of stuff um you know uh more gamer type people back dark web type people so like I, I think he knew exactly what he was doing um and he did he did it in kind of a pc type of way but he basically did say that he was loves pin cushion or loves that he was uh floor's pin cushion and that he said like i don't want to be his little his his pin you up against the wall all right see my dog <laughs> god <laughs> love him he's miserable <laughs> you kill the camera hey. do what you gotta do jake ah oh, he's chilling now he's good man he looked yeah. like Josh Myers trying to find a block <laughs> after on that screen pass. <laughs> hey, that'll be in shock talk. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Who is that big guy laying on the ground over there? And there's nobody around him. Why are you laying down? Like we always say, man, we got a joke. We'll be out there in a work truck during the day. And we ride by one of these County construction sites or something. You know, you got the, the water department working on something where you got 18 workers, Two have a shovel and everybody else is standing around and there's always one laying down. And oh, I always go, oh, we got one fell out over here. Look, <laughs> that was Myers, bro. Myers was crawling around. I'm like, what did he, did he drop his glove or something? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so Jacob, what if you were to sum up and listen, this is Jacob's interpretation, right? Of what Kurt Ben Kurt said. 
what would you say is the key, the the one thing that stood out to you? Because I haven't read it yet. I haven't seen it yet. What what do you what do you think he was trying to say, Jake, if you were to sum it up in one or two sentences? Uh tell me if I'm wrong, Tim. Basically, he sounded like LaFleur tried to make him into one of the piss boys. He basically said, I'm not gonna be your piss boy anymore. And once he said that, is basically what led to him being cut. Really? Is that, well, is that- I got I got the tweet here. You want me to just read it? <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right. This is all Kurt Ben Kurt's words here, official account. I've gotten a lot of questions about my opinion, experience with Matt LaFleur, and will be very transparent on my comments of us quote butting heads. I'll start by giving my honest opinions about the scheme. It's outdated. There is a better way to play offense right now. I'm not hey, going stop, to go stop, stop. <laughs> Jacob, what did I say all year last year? The league has caught on to this offense, this McVay style offense. Yep. Go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. That just like that's what I was seeing, and I was losing my freaking mind. Going, am I the only person thinking I've got to be a moron? But it, it does seem outdated. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He said, "I'm not going to go into full detail because you know, <laughs> which means we all have already." But I talk about this stuff all the time on my reviews. On a personal level, outside of football, our personalities could not have been more opposite when you spend countless hours in a meeting room you grow to know someone my personality meshed really well with some of the other coaches and not so much with his those coaches left and i was released soon after have you ever had a boss you don't vibe with same thing it is what it is people move on add to this when you're in a quarterback room regardless of position on the roster you're expected to contribute and speak up especially in a room with aaron Rodgers. If you think keeping your opinion to yourself was an option, whether it's scheme, play design, or matchups, etc., good luck with that. So over a year of giving my point of view on how I see the game, offense uh, mixed with uh, mixed in with the fact that I was doing a lot in the gaming social media space while being a player, it was clear that I wasn't liked very much. So regardless of how well I felt I was playing, it really didn't matter. At the end of the day, I was a dispensable practice squad player. My perspective in conversation added in with my projects off the field weren't a great fit for the head coach even though it seemed to be appreciated by others if you think players only get cut over performance or personal conduct issues you may have forgotten that sometimes people just have different personalities that don't fit with the ones in charge i'm sure some of you have experienced this before and the nfl is no different so i think i don't know i, I think that's seems pretty straightforward you know like you said, Kurt Kurt Benkert's not a not a big drama guy. Um, he's not saying things for clicks or for likes. You know, he's if you see it, you say it, right? So yeah. definitely, wow, man. That's I'm glad we bring that up. That was not in the notes here, but that uh, I think that's a good conversation, man, and kind of getting everybody's take on it. So I'm glad you guys bring that up. I'm glad who was it that brought that up in the uh, yeah United Bates, of course. He's the brains of this operation. He steers us <laughs> every episode. Uh, let's see, ROK Beast in the chat said Rogers won six games, his first time taking over. Um, and then he went on to say, uh, definitely give him time, but he needs to show improvement as well. You're making too much sense, ROK. You're making way too much sense, buddy. Um, that's that's it, you know, and, and, and Rodgers with those six games, you know, you would look back in the statistics. There was games that he threw for over 300 yards. There was a game where he threw for 120, right? He was very inconsistent. The defense was bad. Um, and, and to me, it's it's not so much about the win-loss record as it is can Jordan Love improve on his accuracy, right? Again, the four things, pre-snap read, post-snap read, accuracy, and quick release. He's got quick release. That's what they show me that now. In the preseason – 
And in week one, up to that point, I was going, he's got pretty good pre and pro snap reading ability, right? And you've seen it through the first two weeks, six touchdowns, no interceptions. All right, cool. What happened? Completely regressed, right? And you just see, I don't, you know, the other team gets paid too, right? But what I seen was not taking checkdowns, right? He was not taking checkdowns. That can be fixed. But, again, when when I really dive into the tape for Chalk Talk, I got all the clips set up. I'm eager to get to the nitty-gritty. Okay, what was the exact passing concept? All right, where does he look first? Where does he look second? Where's the check down? Where did the protection break down? Did he have three to four seconds, or was somebody in his face immediately? All those things, they do matter, right? So, uh, yeah. But very well said, ROK Beast. Very, uh, very well said. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's – I thought this was pretty cool. Let me go to this one right here really quick. Um, Omar in the chat said, I'm fine with Jordan for the time being. Teams have teams been unhealthy, very true, and no run game. One very bad game, and everyone wants to hang the poor guy. That said, he has he has one job. Don't love the game. Protect the ball. Don't don't lose the game, I'd say is what he's probably saying. Yeah. And that's yeah, that and there's there's one game that you could say he didn't protect the ball, in my opinion. You know, and the other, yeah, he turned the ball over, but this last one was just, it was, it was inexcusable. There's, you know, and I, I, I do think that's going to be a fluke. I hope that's a fluke for sure. Um, but let's see here. We got us a uh, super chat, fellas. We got it marbly with the super chat. Thank you so much for supporting the stream. We appreciate you. Said, so just want to say thanks for everything, uh, guys. Hey, no, thank you, man. Uh, and, and again, I say man, but it could be, you know, everybody's YouTube names are so <laughs> off the wall that I don't know if I'm talking to a man or a woman, but regard, regardless, Marbley, thank you so much for the super chat. That means the world to us. Um, all right. We got plenty we can hit on in here in the chat. Um, Sam H said, new subscriber here, not a Packers fan, but I respect the franchise and find them fascinating to follow. Just wanted to give a tip of the cap to the way you all cover them and the X's and O's seriously. Hey, we really appreciate that, Sam. That's that's the goal yep. is to kind of approach it from an – I don't want to say intelligent because you can tell by the sound of my voice I'm not a very intelligent person, but at least a, a thought-out way of looking at, at what's actually going on on the field, right, and trying to understand, okay, what actually happened. That is the goal of this pod for sure. Um, so we really appreciate the kind words and, and which I was trying not to grin because the way he described that is exactly how I, I, I follow the Patriots, you know, Packers are my favorite team, but I, I love and respect the franchise that is the Patriots and what they're going through right now, guys, is really tough. Like it, you're to the point now, Jacob, where you just about got to get rid of the, the greatest coach in the history of the game, man. That's wow. That's just so tough. So tough. Um, let's do this. Let's hit on the we got about 14 minutes before we got to wrap this up. Let's hit on the other tier one positions real quick. Um, and again, I've got access to PFF. You guys want to see that left tackle. OK, we, t- we talked about quarterback. I think we'd all agree. We still don't know about love. We're willing to upgrade if the draft grade is uh, significantly higher than the draft grade they had on love. And obviously the current grade that they have on them in their self self scouting department. Right. Uh, but left tackle. Bakhtiari, right? The big question. He's planning. He's planning a return now. Will he be with the Packers or not? That's going to come down to. I think the comments that he made suggested he's willing to work with Goody on the cap hit and and adjusting that. That's the vibe I got. Was hey, yeah, you know, he made the joke about you know I talk to Goody all the time. We're on the same page. Um, I, I I always answer his Facetime messages. You know, taking a dig at uh, at Rogers, obviously, um, but. Bakhtiari and Rashid Walker are kind of your leading candidates for left tackle moving forward. Jacob, 
Uh, if you get, let's assume Bakhtiari is willing to pay play for that thirty-two million, right? And you shave eight million off, and he comes back healthy. Do you want Bach back, or are you just so you got so much PTSD, you're ready to move on, bro? Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is the response of the day. I'm going my, to my 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 head. <laughs> let me help you out here. Let me get you one right here. On my knee. Um. <laughs> that reminds me too of the uh i don't know if i brought it up when they tell when uh ryan tells michael scott to write a book and he's like all right i'm gonna write a book and then it cuts to him and he goes chapter one the businessman <laughs> goes dead <laughs> uh i i think that i would have to cut the ties man it's i've been hurt too many times fool me once shame on you fool me twice and i quit you can't fool me again. <laughs> I won't fool you again. Too great. Yeah, accent, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so rip the Band-Aid off, start over at left tackle, see what Rashid's got, try to upgrade in the draft, maybe free agency. What you're saying, Jacob, if you're cutting him outright, um, you're freeing up $20 million in cap space, right? That's, that's, that's a big deal, that is. Because I think – I want to say that we came to the conclusion that after signing the same amount of cap space in draft class from last year – not saying there's no way it'll be exactly the same, but just kind of using that as a model when they had 11, 12 picks, whatever it was. It might have been 13 picks, whatever it was. Um, and we said, okay, uh, adjusting Bakhtiari to where he's the highest paid tackle in the game, but you're freeing up $8 million. I think we were somewhere around $10 million in free cap space. But uh, now you're talking about being somewhere in the ballpark, $25, $30 million, right? But, uh, Tim, what do you think, man, about left tackle? I think when it comes to Bach, man – you know, my heart, my heart tells me, keep him. Let this guy retire a Packer. Do what we got to do. But my brain is telling me, is this guy capable of playing more than six or seven games in a season yeah. um, going forward? Um, so I don't know. I think with Rasheed Walker, we have to kind of do the same thing we're doing with Jay Love here. You know, he's he's kind of been thrown into the fire. Um, like another Walker was on the other side of the ball last year. And, um, you know, we're kind of seeing what he's bringing to the table and we see potential, we see flashes. What we want to see is consistency and, uh, you know, not blocking, you know, fictitious players and ghosts on the field. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't, I think the only option may be to cut and run with, with Bakhtiari, but, um, you know, the Packer fan in me really respects what he's done um, over the years for us. And uh, I want to believe that there's one more, you know, 10 to 12 game season uh, in that NFL body. Um, but, you know, cap space is cap space, guys. And, uh, you know, we can't look backwards. We got to look forward. So uh, I think you might you might be looking at that uh, depending on how, you know, this round of rehab goes. Uh, he may right. be an outright cut. Yeah, and, and he may never play again, right? Who's to say that this is going to fix the problem? I hope that's not the case. I like Bach, and, man, it just sucks because he was he was on track to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? And uh, if if this right here prevents him from being in the Hall of Fame altogether, because we know if you don't make that first ballot, you know, yeah. look at Jerry Kramer. My God, look how long he had to wait, right? You just never know. Um, Freddie Roper in the chat says, Tom at left tackle. 
uh, Walker ain't it. Let's talk about that real quick because I mentioned Rashid Walker. Obviously, if you do cut Bach outright like we're talking about, Rashid Walker will be your starting left tackle unless you go into the offseason and tell Tom, hey, look, you're the left tackle, right? Well, when you break it down amongst tackles throughout the NFL, according to PFF, Zach Tom is the 14th highest graded tackle in the NFL at 75.6. And to put that in perspective, there's only 0.3, three-tenths of a point, um, actually four-tenths of a point prevents him from being a top-10 tackle, okay? So he's that good, right? And he's right there on the cusp of a, a top-10 tackle. Now, Rasheed Walker, you slide on down, he's grading out as the 40th best, right, at 61.3. Now, yep. if you move him to left tackle, who are you playing at right tackle? And we know it's going to be significant – a significant decrease in value there, right? Whether it's Yash, whether it's Rashid, um, right? So Zach Tom might be the quick answer at left tackle. He may. Um, but if you're going into that draft and we come into the end of the year and Jordan Love, you think, okay, this is the guy at quarterback and you're able to land a top-tier left tackle in the draft, keep Tom at right tackle, hey, you're, now you're set up for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future. The problem is you whiff so bad on Josh Myers, it makes me nervous about taking an offensive lineman that high now, right? Because, you know, Myers was a second-round pick. But um, it's tough, man. It is. It's, it's definitely tough. But let's see here what else we got in the chat. Um, can I make a comment on that? What's that, buddy? I said, can I quick make a comment on yeah, that? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I just think it's so funny how in a span of five games we can go in. And I know we talked about this briefly, but just look at – if there was like three positional areas where you're like the Green Bay Packers are stacked solid for this year, it was middle linebacker, offensive line, and the running back position. And now, like, I'm looking like you just said, I could go into the draft and it'd be like draft three offensive linemen, <laughs> a middle <laughs> linebacker, and a running yeah, back, middle <laughs> linebacker, running back, throwing a, a wide receiver for good measure. We're going to need a safety, and we definitely need an edge again because if Preston's falling off, you know, it's like, wow, all of a sudden all these positions, these positions that I thought we were kind of like locked down with. It's like, Oh crap. We're, we're just a few injuries away from being completely literally back to the drawing board, start from scratch. So. Yeah. And, definitely. and I think moving the idea of moving Zach Tom around to the left, left side is, I, I don't know. I mean, are there, are there kickers in the NFL that could punt the football in a pinch? Probably. What about, are, what are there punters that could kick? Probably. But are there, are there a lot of guys that can play right tackle and then just go to left tackle and be successful there? There, it seems like an easy switch, but we've seen time and time again, it's, it's not that simple. Um, moving a guy to the, uh, to the left tackle from the right tackle position. Um, Have they given about, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, have they given up on Caleb Jones as a possible left tackle? Or what? what's that about? It's more of a right tackle or a swing? Every time we've seen him, well, not every time, but most of the time we've seen him, it's been on the right side. I yeah. thought, you know, like we saw a couple in the preseason. It's been so long, man. I can't even remember. <laughs> it's like, but it's crazy like, because I was excited about Caleb, right? And it just kind of disappears, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like we feel that way about uh, Big E. You know, Elton Jenkins could play center. He could play left guard. He could probably play right guard. He could probably play anywhere on that line, too. You know, you could put him at left tackle in a pinch. But do we really want him there? You know, mm-hmm. like I feel like his – it seems like he's most comfortable at left guard. And you want guys where they're comfortable and, and familiar. 
I, I would I would almost argue Zach Tom from left or excuse me moving him from right tackle to uh, right guard would make more sense than yeah than you know the other side of the line. But what yeah. do I know? Good point. Yeah, it's me, man. Uh, Steve in the chat says us. I, I say Clayton should be head coach. Jacob will be OC. I'll be DC. And what's the guy's name with the Don Hudson helmet on the wall? He can be special teams coach. That's why I put the names up there real quick because I was like, they don't even know who you are, Tim. Um, yeah, I'll say this. Uh, you uh, you put that coaching staff in place, and none of us are going to be Packer fans. I promise you. <laughs> really bad. I think really. we're being charged to like uh... – Strength and conditioning, but only uh, if we're getting the massages or whatever they were talking about. Under <laughs> McCarthy. <laughs> yeah. All right, boys, let's hit the showers. I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what. As as special teams coordinator, I, I saw one good play out of Dallin Levitt. Finally, did you see that one good play we got from Dallin Levitt in the game, where he uh, he basically baited them into a false start on uh, on a punt. Oh, for real? Yeah, he was bre- He was he kept you know. You're doing the little, little <laughs> dance like the '90s dance, <laughs> and he 90s. kept doing it. He was like going into the neutral zone and popping out, in and out, and then he kind of stopped, and then they they fall started. So like Tim we finally saw a great play. So Tim got them moves, man. <laughs> yeah, he was doing like, like the that. you know the kid and play or whatever, whatever. That is. Like I mean, what was it? Looks like date Mike. <laughs> date Mike. <laughs> nice to meet me. Nice to meet me. <laughs> All right, hey, 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 that's just the way we talk in the clink. <laughs> You're too out of control, man. Uh, let's see here. Um, what else we got here? We get ready to wrap up. It's funny. We had like 18 positions we were going to hit. We got two. We got two <laughs> done, guys. But that's okay, man, because the chat was on fire today for sure. Uh, let's see here. Freddie in the chat said, Clayton, I love how you break down film. Um, I appreciate that, Freddie. Uh, it's, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, I will say this. I break down film based off of advice I got from uh, not directly, but listening to Tim Ryan and uh, Pat Kerwin on their pod way back in the day, over a decade ago, like around 2009, 2010. And they were encouraging people, man, go start watching tape, like start watching the game, take your eye off the ball, just like his book says. And, and it was real simple. He was like, you know, don't feel like you have to be pigeonholed into communicating what you see on the field exactly the same way other people do put a terminology together, put a system together where you understand it. That's all that matters that you understand what's going on in the field. And that's what I began doing. And I modeled it after his book over the, the old school number system of calling a play uh, with a combination of the West coast offense. Cause I do want to include concepts. I do want to include route combinations. I do want to include the numerical system, all that stuff. So when you break down tape, you're just, you're, you're taking notes and communicating in a way that you understand it. That's all that matters. It's not to try to impress people, although I really appreciate the kind comments I do. It's not to impress people. It's not to try to force people to believe the way you believe. It's just simply what's the best way I can understand it, right? Now, it just so happens that there's been a lot of people reach out to me and go, man, this makes a lot of sense. This, this helps me watch. Take what I do and adjust it to fit you, right? That's why you'll hear me get aggravated. And I'll, I'll say, okay, yeah, it's called a strike concept, but it's also called, you know, in a numerical system, it's called this and it's called that. And and listen, if you're one of those people that are just going to jump over and go, oh, that's not what it's called, leave, right? Because we're not right. here to try to dunk on each other. We're here to try to learn and understand the game at a different level. Uh, I don't mean to go on a mini rant there, but that drives me crazy because there's a lot of people 
that are missing out on the joy of the game of football and understanding it at a different level simply because someone else's ego is preventing them from learning at the level they want to learn at, right? Um, there's a, there's, I can find you 5,000 people on Twitter right now that know more about the game of football than me, but it doesn't make them any better than me, and it, it damn sure isn't going to slow me down in learning the game at a different level. So I hope all that makes sense, but um, let's see here. We got Carly Ray in the chat, loyal listener. Um, let's see here. Uh, she says, just wanted to say I laughed so hard at Jacob's quote, two, phone, two full-grown NFL humans from the Raiders Review. <laughs> Humans. Yeah, definitely a great line there. Um, yeah, and uh, she said Jacobs definitely developed his own terminology. <laughs> I love it. Let's see here. I like United Basin. He said, I know Tim tears up the dance floor at weddings. <laughs> yeah. Say False. False. <laughs> no, no. I, I, let me tell you guys, I, I was a DJ back in the day for a reason. I, oh, I, I play, played the jams, not danced to them. Trust me. <laughs> that is, that's not my forte at all. And, and we were just at a wedding last weekend and my wife had to like drag me out there oh, yeah. just to like, and I faked it for a couple of songs or whatever, but uh, no, I do not. I do not tear up the dance floor. guys. <laughs> Mandy swears up and down that I can dance. I feel so out of place, so awkward. So every, I, I, I despise dancing. If somebody else wants to dance, Hey, have at it, man, have a good time. But play, I played baseball from the age of five till 18. Right. And when I decided not to play college ball, you got to understand that, from five to 18, that's how many years? 13 years, right? 13 years as a middle infielder, you're taught nothing but footwork on how to turn a double play. And, and you know, playing both shortstop and second second base, depending on the location of the throw, where the ball's fielded, the location, there's like five different ways that you can change your footwork. So you work on that footwork around the bag constantly, constantly, constantly. You become coordinated in that in that regard. But as far as connecting that coordination with the beat of a song, no, <laughs> 123% Caucasian. No chance of it happening. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, though, you got your dance talk for the day. Got that squeezed in. We're good. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. We really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. It's so cool that we can just go live randomly at a time that we normally don't. And this many people show up in the chat and just talk ball. You guys took over the show. Those are always the best shows when you guys do that because you you are the fans just like we are. But to keep your finger on the pulse of the game, you got to listen to the fans. I never want this to be a pod or a show where it's just uh, the heck with what they want to hear or talk about. Let's uh, let's just do what we want to do. It should always be geared around the heartbeat of Packer fans, and that's that's the fan. You know, like I said, you're all's input. Itself. So we really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Um, Steve in the chat said, you're absolutely right, Clayton. I enjoy listening to you, Jacob and Tim. You guys speak what's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. We Hey, we got to get us a Macho Man Randy Savage soundbite for sure, bro. Oh, yeah. Dream rises to the top. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get out of here. Jacob, parting thoughts, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm just – it, it feels really weird having to wait quite a while to talk Packers football. I mean, to, to watch Packers football. So yeah, I, I, it's so crazy how we're already a quarter way through the season though, guys, like it goes so quick. We sit and wait and we drag through on the year and then all of a sudden it comes and it's like, Poof! and we don't seem like we're like, we, maybe we, we should do better on this network of not griping and just 
getting through. We, we got to enjoy it a little more, I think, and take yeah. the pleasure with the pain. It's like the fall season, man. I don't know if you guys, like, you you know about this, Tim, in Wisconsin. You're like, oh, it's so beautiful outside. And then it's like, where'd the leaves go? Everything's dead. Now it's winter. It's like a week. You get one week of it. Yep. Anyways. But, yeah, man, um, uh, I'm just excited. Enjoy this. Maybe spend this this extended bye week with your family. Enjoy fall. I know that even in Tennessee, I used to live in Nashville for, for years. You guys still get that fall experience down there. I would argue probably a little bit longer than we do up here. And, uh, yeah, go enjoy it. And then, um, yeah, get that book. Maybe that's what you guys could do in the, in the off season or in the, in the little off time here. If you're looking to, I'm on like, I think I'm like almost halfway through it now. Mm-hmm. Read a few chapters today. It's really enjoyable and it just puts it in a, in a really easily digestible way. And if you're like me, I'm a more of a visual and an audio learner, but I, for, the, for some reason, this book, it has good diagrams and pictures. Yeah. And then there's a glossary at the end of it that really helps just kind of get yourself diving into the terminology. And once yeah. you like study it almost like a test when you're back in the day, it starts to become more fluent and you start to interchange it in your brain almost like it's a second language. So it's yeah. cool. Definitely. And when you watch the game after reading that book, and again, I've I have lis- I've listened to it over and over and over on audio book. I've read it. You gotta send me that. Yeah. Um d- Tim, did you get that audio book? I got it. Okay. I did. It went through uh, for me. I need so. to try it again, <laughs> for sure. But uh yeah. And and again, I I Probably shouldn't even talk about it on the air because, I, you know, first of all, Tim bought the book. Jacob bought the book. We're not robbing money from anybody. But yep. I do I do always want to support people who put that kind of content out, not just try to get it for free, um, because, you know, it, it just shows that it just shows your appreciation. Giving that money to the author is important to me. I ain't saying it's got to be important to you, but that, that stuff is definitely important to me. I always want to give credit where credit's due because those people I feel like I owe like. I, I don't know. I don't want to be you know, over exaggerate here, I guess is is the right way of saying it. But like he picked me, Pat Kerwin picked me out of a dark time, bro. Like that time, man, whoo, it was rough around the Bailey house. You know, Uh, Mandy and I, we've always cleaned each other. So it was just financial problems at the time and, and man being depressed. And as a man, just feeling like a failure and this and that, and then finding something you're passionate about and someone took the time to explain it to a knucklehead like me was just like, Oh my, this is gold. This is, that was when you can't afford cable, you can't afford internet, you can't, you know, and you're you're down on your luck at that time to have something like that to lean on and to press into, man, it's just uh it's important. It is, man. It is, it's a great book for sure. But uh all right. Yeah, like Carly Ray said here too. Uh, well, first of all, Omar said it's good to see those explain the X's and O's like you guys. Too many think it's all a scheme problem, but it's also uh personnel and play calling too. It's it's all of the above. You're exactly right, Omar. No doubt about it. And uh, she said the special uh, Carly Ray said the special team section is awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff there. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. Let's uh, Tim parting thoughts, man. Uh, I guess we'll continue with the rolling endorsement of take your eye off the ball. Um, I like the fact that you're right, Clayton, like the book doesn't, you don't feel like you're being talked down to or patronized exactly. while you're reading it. It's very um, straightforward. Uh and like Jacob said, use the glossary. It's great to get that base knowledge, even though some terms are interchangeable or might have variants. It's it's you're not going to get steered wrong by by Pat Kerwin at all in this one. Um, I'm almost catching up to Jacob and uh, hope to finish it soon. Um, but yeah, man, you learn a lot. And my parting thought is this: so many times, whether it's on Twitter, social media as a whole, some of these other podcasts out there, whatever. We always hear a lot of people say, I don't understand. I just don't understand why they're 
why are they i don't understand it's like that's what we're here trying to do we're trying to understand and if you make a commitment to understanding the game objectively a little bit better and, and keep that that packer fan in your heart where it belongs but use your brain to analyze this game you can start to deal with things like ups and downs in a season losses you know you deal with these things better because you understand it more so uh happy to be here with you guys man and love to learn right along with you guys as we uh dissect each and every play that we can right here on packers total access so thanks again for having me absolutely man now very well said and that's that you know i heard somebody say the other day uh comparison is the thief of joy right comparing yourself to other people right i'm as guilty as anybody you, you think i don't listen to other podcasts and compare ours to it and i find mm-hmm. myself going what the hell that doesn't even matter like what and it does it robs joy and you find yourself going well i gotta do this better i gotta do that better i gotta you know no 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 just focus on what we've got going on and the next step we want to take and learning the game at a little bit different level and and you know uh celebrate those people too for what they do because all content is yeah. good yeah, what's great about the Packer community and the podcast community, you know, when it comes to Packer fans, we got all the bases covered. If you want hot takes, there's people out there, right? If you want someone who's just going to rant a little bit and just talk kind of, I don't want to say casual, I don't want to be rude, but like just talk about, you know, hey, you know, Preston Smith lined up on Devontae Adams and talk about how stupid Joe Barry is. There's plenty of that out there, right? And if you want to dive into the X's and O's and nerd out a little bit, I think that needs to be our shirt, though. It's time to nerd out, something like that, because that people love it when we said it on Chalk Talk, but it's so true. That's what you're going to get here, that type of thing. And, and all the bases are covered. And depending on the mood I'm in, that determines where I go for what content. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – yeah. We're very fortunate, very blessed. But anyway, I got to get off here. I got to get, like I said, we got the surprise birthday party for uh, the mother-in-law. So we're going to uh, go get that. I'm going to get this uploaded immediately. Probably go ahead and set it live so people can listen to it on pod. Jacob, thank you for your time, buddy. I know you got a sick pup. And uh, obviously praying for that little guy, man. Everything's going to get better quick. Tim, appreciate your time, buddy. This was fun going a little bit earlier. We got some of the hardcore fans in here, man, and it was it was awesome. That's a good conversation. And we'll cover the other positions uh, tomorrow. And like I said, we're going to do a chalk talk. If I can get the stuff ready, we may do chalk talk just on this show. And we get hit with a copyright. We get hit with a copyright. It is what it is. But it would be fun for us all to go through it together. I think that would be cool, too. But it's going to be a long episode because, man. There, I, I was going, yep, need to add that one. Yep, need to add that one. <laughs> just Like Carly was saying, just show the whole game. That would have made more sense probably than taking the time to cut out the six plays that we're not covering. <laughs> but anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Really, really appreciate it. Want to give a special shout out, like I said, to Marbley. Thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, we really, really appreciate you supporting the stream. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle. The defensive end. If he's over, if he's back, he drives down the first man who's inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one shows. Go right by him and field his side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out. That's inside. The YN has the linebacker in. He comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.